Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for taking your seat here at the Cool Kids table, and I am really excited about everything that has gone on with the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast recently. We have had really some very cool milestones. We crossed the three-year mark. A couple episodes back, we hit episode 300, and if you haven't had a chance to go listen to episode 300, I would advise that you do that. You go over and listen. Uh, Same guest that I had on episode one, because as a Texan, I believe you dance with the one who brung you, and Brian Minnell is a serial entrepreneur. He was on the first show. He and I also grew up together in Los Angeles and live a little less than a mile apart in Austin, Texas. So I don't remember my life when Brian wasn't a part of it. And so having him as guest number one and guest number 300 was sort of a lot of fun to be able to share that with such a good friend. So go back and check out episode 300. I think you'll really like that. And now, of course, we're up to 302 and it just keeps going. So before I get to today's show, I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So today's show is brought to you by Open Sky Fitness. Hey, if you're an entrepreneur and you're tired of you know, that hustle, you know, mentally and physically, and you can't find balance, guess what? You're not alone. Rob at Open Sky Fitness helps busy, high achievers push back from their desk and carve out some time to make healthier choices. And it's all based on their individual goals. If getting in better shape is a goal that you have, and you either seek online coaching or in-personal training, if you live in the Los Angeles area, you've got to go talk to Rob. Check out his offerings at openskyfitness.com and subscribe to the Open Sky Fitness Podcast on iTunes today. Now, speaking of podcasts, today's guest has an awesome podcast, and he's somebody who I met at the New Media Summit that I attended a while back. And Dave Lucas, is he's a, he's a serial entrepreneur. He's multiple times with different companies on the Inc. 5000. He uh, has grown and sold and been involved with companies. He also has this great podcast called The Misfit Entrepreneur. And we're going to talk about all the things he does and get all the advice that he has to share because he's one of these really – he's one of these guys you spend some time with. And you just feel, I wish I was that smart about entrepreneurship because he's doing really cool things. So when I met him, I said, you got to be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Dave Lucas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. It's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to be here with everyone in the audience as well. Yeah, well, pull up your seat here to the cool kids table and, and tell everybody a little bit about your business. I mean, the fact that I say you're a serial entrepreneur, I mean, that isn't Cheerios. Tell us what, tell us what that's all about. Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been an entrepreneur since I was five. So um, that's an interesting story. At five? Um, what were you doing at five? So at five years old, I, um, I, well, I'll, I'll take a step back. I grew up in a family that was really kind of an interesting family. One side of the family was all entrepreneurs. Uh, all had you know gone that you know gone through the the trials and tribulations to be successful as an entrepreneur and everything from the restaurant business to the music business. So I grew up with with that side of the family, and then they also had another side of the family that grew up literally dirt poor. Like the church used to bring cheese to the house to help them and stuff, and they used to sell cookies on the corner to make ends meet. So it's interesting because when you when you grow up like that. 
it's it's funny how many entrepreneurial stories they have. None of them set out to be entrepreneurs, but they ended up all being entrepreneurs on that side of the family too because of that. And it all ended up getting out being very successful and everything. So it was a really kind of, you know, I just had that kind of growing up. So when I was five years old, I said to my mom, I said, I want to make American flags and I want to sell them to all of our neighbors. And my mom said, okay, great. And she helped me with the construction paper and, you know, we, we, uh, made the American flags and everything. And I went up and down the street, five, 10 cents a piece selling my American flags, hundred percent close rate. I mean, everybody, I mean, who's little five, five, six year old boy comes to your door, you know, you're going to say no, of course not. Right. So I go up through the whole uh, neighborhood, get to the very end of the street. And this house is, is typically the one that you don't see the people out a lot. The shades are always closed, you know? Um, and I, I go up to the door, I knock on the door, I do my little pitch and all that sort of thing. And um, the lady looks at me, she pauses, and she's a very nice, sweet smile says, no, thank you, honey, we're Canadian, and then shuts the door on my face. <laughs> and so that was my first, uh, my first lesson in rejection. And so, um, but we overcame it, we went home, we made a Canadian flag, took it back and sold it to so, Very yeah. nice, very nice. Yeah. So, so that was, that's why I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and then it, it, it did different things all the way, you know, up through and paid for college with entrepreneurship and all so, that. And then, so what are you doing now? And so now, um, I, uh, have a number of different businesses. So my, my largest business, uh, and is an Inc. 5000 company, as you mentioned, is called Grass Technologies. It's a technology software company in the travel industry and we do business in over a hundred countries. So, you know, spent a lot of time in that. Um, I have, uh, for a while, uh, taught investment strategies to professionals and to people that are, you know, have, you know, that extra money that they're looking to do something with, but they're not sure how to have a concrete system to create that wealth with. So I started doing that on my own over 10 years ago when I had some excess cash because I had to figure out a way to make money with it. So everything from real estate to markets, things like that. So I've got uh, a series of programs, kind of a small hedge fund on that side that we do that with. And then we have the uh, the misfit entrepreneur. And the misfit entrepreneur is uh, really just something, it's like an outlet for me. And it, it started actually because of my daughter. Um, the whole purpose of it originally, my wife and I adopted our daughter about uh, four years ago from China. And anybody who's become a, a parent before, whether you are adopting or, or natural childbirth, it's it's amazing. One day you're not a parent, the next day you are. <laughs> and everything <laughs> changes. <laughs> and, and it does. But, you know, one of the best pieces of advice my business partner gave me um, was don't change who you are. And, I, and, I, and I've always taken that to heart. So life changes, but you don't have to change everything you are, but it does give you some unique new perspectives on life. My brother said when my daughter was born, remember, she joined your life. You didn't join hers. And uh, we always thought that that was a good rule. Although then when we had two, it, all bets were off. But when right. we had one, you've just got the one. They joined your life. You can bring them along and everything else too. It was like, ah, it goes crazy. And I don't know how people have like five. Oh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's, it's like lather, rinse, and repeat. Once you can do it once, you can do it again, and I don't know. But uh, anyway, so uh, as with any parent, from the moment that that child is with you, you're teaching it. You're, in, in a lot of ways, one of my favorite topics I hope we talk about today is the mind and its conditioning. So you're conditioning your, your children and, and teaching them from the moment they're born. And so I found myself, even adopting a child at 18 months old, from day one, having all these situations coming up that were teaching moments. And I had been fortunate in my youth to study with a lot of, a lot of the great 
uh, what would be called an influencer now, motivators, people like Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, you know, a lot of those people back then. And um, I found myself remembering all the stuff that I had learned. It was kind of triggering it as I uh, was, uh, you know, teaching this child. And so I said to myself, oh, my gosh, how much of this stuff have I forgotten over the years? And then I said, there's got to be a way to immortalize this type of information from you know, the, the things that I've learned to the new people I meet like you and others and be able to you know, have this for her as she grows up so that someday after I'm dead and gone, she still can learn from her daddy and his misfit friends. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it all began. And uh, then as I thought about it more, you know, every entrepreneur is a misfit. So we did, all are. So did you so. ever have a career in corporate America or were you just always an entrepreneur? No, I did. So I came out of college and I started a business. Uh, I brought a health and supplement company to uh, Columbus, Ohio, which is where I still live. And I failed miserably. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, wait a minute. A successful entrepreneur who had a failure in their past? What? Oh, wait. That's were, pretty common. Well, what do they say? Uh, it, it, nine out of 10 businesses fail. So all it means you got to do is start 10. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of how it went for me, but, uh, no, I, I did. I, I, so at that point though, I mean, I, I, I say failed miserably, but I I had created a residual income of a few thousand bucks with it and and stuff like that. I I sold my shares of of the business and stuff like that. So it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't near where I wanted to be at the end of a year and all that sort of thing. Those dreams of the entrepreneur, you know, killing it out of the box and, you know, being a multimillionaire in your first year, all that type of stuff. And so at that point, I said, I don't know what I don't know, so I need to learn that. And I'd like to build an organization akin to a Fortune 500 or run one someday. So how do you do it? You get in the ground floor of one and, and learn the systems, learn how things are done. And, and I was fortunate to find a really great company, uh, uh, probably a lot of people have heard of it, called Paychex, which is actually a very entrepreneurial company. And so I got to deal and work with entrepreneurs every day. And you know, was fortunate, had some success as a sales rep, which fast tracked me into, you know, leadership and, you know, uh, learned a lot of, of the base that I needed to then go off into like grass technologies and other companies that I have to really build a great organization and make it successful. So I, you know, I, I, I believe that there's a lot that can be learned from that and you just have to follow your journey. So, so now that you've been back out on your own and been successful, what, what are the things you love about the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur? Well, you know, the thing is, a lot of entrepreneurs create a job for themselves. So you have to be careful not to just go from one to the other, right? So um, for me, what I did before I ever, you know, I, I was investing in companies while I was at Paychex. I was buying real estate. I was doing all that stuff. And, you know, one of the nice things about being in sales, if you're very successful, you know, and you're bringing, you know, hundreds percent of quota in, nobody really bothers you. So you, you have some of that autonomy. And so I really like that. So one of the things that I did, you know, before I, I you know, uh, moved on was really set out the plan for what I wanted out of my life and how I wanted my environment to be and all of that. And so part of that was the freedom of location to live and work anywhere that I wanted. Uh, the next thing was to be able to, if my wife, uh, you know, wanted to, because my wife likes to work and she, you know, she loves what she does. So, um, to be able to retire her at some point if she wanted to. So I wanted to have a type of opportunity that allowed me to do that and have the control of that opportunity to be able to get to that point. So there was a lot of you know thought process and everything that went in there. The other thing to me was, especially when we uh, brought our daughter home and, and I kind of added to that was to be able to make sure that I had a schedule 
that was locked down to where I could spend that time that I wanted and have the family time. So I'm very rigid with my schedule. I start my day at 5.30 a.m. and it ends at 5 p.m. I eat breakfast with my daughter every day before she goes off to school. So, you know, those are some of the wonderful things about entrepreneurship, but let's not kid anyone. Being an entrepreneur is work. It is hard, bust your butt work. And that doesn't mean physical. A lot of times it's in your head. A lot of things you have to do is mental and, you know, being able to affect things at the right time, say the right thing, close the deal that needs to be closed when it arises, right? Being able to seize the opportunity, all that you have to prepare yourself for. You always have to be prepared as an entrepreneur to strike when the moment's hot because you only get so many of those as an entrepreneur. So there's a lot that goes into it, but that's effectively how I built the life that I wanted and um, had it all written down and, and followed it. Well, and I love the fact that you have breakfast with your with your daughter every day. So my daughters are much older. I think I told you when I met you, enjoy her being four and how cute she is because <laughs> she will grow up, turn on you and go to the most expensive college in America. Um, my kids don't like that joke because they say, when did we ever turn on you? And it's true. My kids have never turned on me, but the oldest one is at one of the most expensive colleges in America. And then the younger one is following suit. So, um, but uh, the younger one and I, she's a sophomore in high school. Every Friday, I drive her to school, or now she actually drives the car, and uh, it's a practice as she's going towards her license. But we go to Starbucks, and we have, uh, you know, I have a cup of coffee, and she has a pumpkin spice latte, and we sit and talk about school, about politics, about the world, about whatever, and. You know, it's just our little time together. And even though it's only once a week and with all the travel I do, I always carve it out if I'm in town. And if I'm gone on Friday, we back it up to whatever day I'm in town. So we, we try to do that every single week. And, and that's something I think that really matters. So cheers that you do that. So but here's my question. Are there ever days when you look at all the irons that you have in the fire and all the things that you're doing, you think, wait a minute, if I had stayed at paychecks, I could be like a C-level executive now and somebody else would have to deal with all this BS. You know, uh, yeah, but that was part of the trade-off when I left. I mean, when I left, I left a lot of money and stock and stuff on the table. It was part of the sacrifice for the life that I wanted to have. I was willing to take a step back and I was willing to uh, take, a, I took a large pay cut. I mean, when you own your own business and you're starting a business, you don't come first. So, I mean, I I didn't have a salary for, you know, some of the time, you know what I mean? So, I, was, you know, we had some savings and stuff like that, but, you know, I knew the bigger goal and knew where we were going and stuff and what I wanted out of it. So you always have that trade off of things. But if I had stayed there, I uh, would not be doing these things today. I would not have the freedom or the autonomy at all that I have. I'd be working 15 hours a day. Not that that's bad, you know, because if you love what you do, that's great. Right. But, um, you know, and, and I, it just wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the way that I wanted it to. I, it would be on their terms and not mine, which, you know, as entrepreneurs, I think all of us are, are fiercely independent. And I think doing, being able to do things on our terms for the most part is, I think, very important to us. Well, and if you hadn't left paychecks, you wouldn't know me. So we wouldn't that's be correct. doing this interview. So, you know, that's, that's a key thing right well, there. Here's a very, and this is a philosophy that I developed over you know the last, I'd say, four or five years. I think it's really, really important. I have no regrets for anything. And if you think about it, I'm, I'm, I'm a history junkie and a space junkie on the side. So those are like, like books I read, things I, I love. If you look at like the creation of space and stuff like that, literally a fragment of a pebble had to hit a rock in the right direction for us to even be here today. And then if you look through history, 
one wrong step on the battlefield by a soldier hundreds of years ago, and you might not be here today. We might not be talking today. It's amazing that we are here to even exist and be able to enjoy and do what we do on a daily basis. And so when you put that in that perspective, everything that I've done, what would be considered good, bad, whatever, along the way that has gotten me to where I am is exact. I wouldn't change a thing. And so I have no regrets about that. And so I think, you know, if you look at life in that retrospect from a larger stance and not the microcosms of the little things day to day and those little tiny things that, you know, that we sometimes allow ourselves to get, you know, beat up by when we don't have to. Um, I, I think it, it makes a, lot, a big difference. And so for me, you know, everything's happened exactly how it's supposed to. And that's really one of the joys of life. So earlier you talked about sort of, you know, mind and conditioning, and then you talked about your schedule and how regimented you are. Let's talk about that. How, how does that work out for you? And why is it important to have that focus of the mind and to have that conditioning of what you're trying to accomplish and to be so scheduled? Well, the first thing is you'll find if you study, if you study, a, lot, I study a lot of high performers, study a lot of successful entrepreneurs, athletes, and that sort of thing. One thing you'll find is that they're incredibly structured with what they do. And very, very guarded about how they spend their time. Structure equals freedom. I know that sounds crazy, but structure equals freedom. If you have the ability to control your time and be able to say, this is what I'm going to do with it, you have one of the greatest gifts in the world. So for me, I, I structure my life to get the most out of the time that I put towards working. So again, 530 in the morning, uh, 530 in the morning till 8 a.m., then breakfast for half an hour, then off with my daughter to school, then work out from 9 to 10.30, then I'm back in the saddle, quick lunch, about 20 minutes, and then rest of the afternoon through and through. But everything I have is scheduled ahead of time. So one of the best tips I can give you about productivity, one of the best things you can do for yourself, write down your to-do list at the end of the day before. Don't do it the morning of, do it the day before. Because at the end of the day, and that's the thing I end 5 p.m. every day with, I sit down for about 10, 15 minutes, and I go through my head. I look at what I accomplished for the day. Did I get everything done? All that stuff. And then I go and I write down the items I have to do for the next day then because it's fresh in your mind. You know what you have to accomplish. And then what happens is, is your subconscious, we can talk about the mind in a minute, stews on that all night long thinking about that. And the subconscious will drive you in the direction that you put in front of it. And so if you are consciously putting things into your mind, then your subconscious grabs a hold of that and then propels you further on that. So uh, the next day you hit the ground running. You don't have to think about it. You're right into it right away and, and you're much more productive. It's one of the uh, greatest lessons I've learned um, over the years. And there's actually a really great um, uh, Craig Ballantyne has a really great book on it. Uh, that he created. It's called the perfect day formula where he really does a great job of outlining how that, that goes. So um, he's uh, he owns early to rise and he's, you know, big podcaster, all that type of stuff too. So, um, but Craig's a good guy and, and that's a great book. So what other advice besides, I think that's good advice to, to sort of structure and, and make that to-do list and think about it and get your mind thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. But what other advice would you have for somebody? Because people who listen to this show, many of them are either new to this whole entrepreneurship thing or they want to be. They still they still have that corporate job, but they see people like you or, or people like me and they're like, wait a minute, I want to do that. And they 
the more they think about it, the more they realize their ladder is against the wrong wall. And, and that was me a decade ago. I, I was good at what I did. I was successful in sales and marketing career, but my ladder was against the wrong wall. I wasn't really doing what I needed to be doing. And I always was second guessing everybody I worked for because I felt, well, I should be doing that. So my podcast is sort of for people who are in that role, I think. I mean, it's a lot of the people who reach out and email me after an episode like this. So what advice do you have for somebody who's going, wait a minute, I want to do that? Your biggest obstacle is between your ears. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, it, it is for everybody. So, here's, so here it is. I mean, it, it, it all goes back to this. And this has been written about since the times of Aristotle on before that. And you find things in the Bible about this. So we are conditioned to be who we are. Nobody comes out of the womb already with their life predetermined and set. Nobody, no, when you came out of the womb, nobody said to you, hey, beautiful baby, too bad it'll never make more than 35,000. It doesn't work like that, okay? <laughs> We're conditioned to be who we are. And that conditioning is your media, friends, culture, parents, religion, you know, the influences throughout your life, specific incidents, things that happen to you, right? So the challenge for most people is that they let that affect them. And a lot of people do that without realizing it because the subconscious part of our mind, which is what learns all this stuff and roots it in us, um, automatically reacts to situations. So when a wealth situation comes up, when a, uh, a situation, when you're going to, when you want to leave your job and go be an entrepreneur comes up, you have that little voice in your head that's saying, well, you can't do that because this, you can't do that because this, oh, what about this? Oh, remember when your dad tried that and this happened and everything else? Well, that is your, that's that conditioning coming out. So the biggest secret, and you see this again with a lot of people that have broken out, high performers, people like that, is they learn to control that and control the thoughts that they actually have in their head. And so the process I have for that's very simple. I call it stop, ask, and choose. So when you feel yourself or you when you feel starting to react, and we all know what that feels like. It starts to bubble up inside of us and we start to react. Think about when you get angry and you just react to something and then later say, why did I do that, right? That's a reaction. That's that subconscious reacting, right? So when you start to feel that, if you stop yourself in that moment, and this, this doesn't happen overnight, you have to practice this. And it's a constant thing you'll do the rest of your life. I'm not perfect. I still react. But you stop yourself. You ask yourself, is this the type of way I want to respond in this moment? Is this the type of thinking that I want to have? And then you choose how you want to move forward. And you say, yes, I do. Or you know what? No, here's the way I want to react. Here's how I want to handle this. And you start doing that in your life. And yeah, maybe you get one out of 10 to begin with and you get a few more and so on. But all of a sudden, you start to notice that even catching these things slowly and doing this to yourself starts to change who you are. It starts to change that way that you see life, that you react to things, that you believe and everything else. Because remember this, your beliefs lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your feelings. Your feelings lead to your actions. And your actions ultimately lead to your results. You take out everything in the middle, your thoughts lead to your results. And so that's the biggest challenge that people have in their lives. Most people never realize that, never never overcome that in their lives. Well, and that, and that fits in. I've been doing some research and I, I call my my talk, my keynote and workshop about this. I call it the paradox of potential. And I've had like 250 plus people take a survey and then I've interviewed about 30 of them one-on-one. -on -one and 
when I talk to people about that gap that lies between potential and results, and for many people, there is a gap. You know, they they know they can be doing more in their career. They want to be doing more. They know they have this potential, but they're just not getting there. What you've just described is exactly what's coming out from all of these interviews and all the people who've taken the survey, that it's it's getting to that action. And it's their thoughts, in many cases, that are holding them back. So you're, what you're talking about is, you know, exactly validates everything that I've been studying and learning the last year about this whole paradox that people face, you know, because potential doesn't equal results. To get to results, you have to do something. You have to do something different than you're doing if you're not getting there. So, you know, cheers to what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it's it, ultimately it's what you believe about yourself and what you believe is possible. And the minute that you realize that you can control that and change that and choose what that is in your life, it changes everything. And that's that's the big aha. <laughs> so, Dave, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. I mean, they do so much. I couldn't ever do this podcast if I didn't work with Podfly. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Dave Lucas. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer they have for the listeners of this show. So Dave, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your businesses right now? There's... There's so much. If you look at each one, there's there's different things. I think one of the, the cool one of the coolest things in Misfit right now that you know we spent the whole first year you're really creating a great show. You know, I, if you've ever seen the show or the movie um, uh, School of Rock, Jack Black says one great rock show can change the world. Well, I firmly believe that one great episode of a podcast can change the world or change somebody's life, right? And that can change the world. And so the whole year, first year has been about creating that and figuring out what that looks like and then figuring out how to, you know, create that in an episode with the guests and everything else. So, you know, so that's happened at this point now. And so what's really been exciting and the coolest thing that's happening is that now that we've got that dialed in, um, it's really started to take off and it's really started to open doors. And, you know, for example, you mentioned meeting at the new media summit, right? That, you know, that's the story of how I got there is a connection of a connection of a connection of a connection to where I was at an event and ended up meeting the gentleman Steve Olsher was putting on that uh, event. And we got to just chatting. We had never met before. And within about 15 minutes, we hit it off. And he's like, you should be on our docket. I mean, you know, so there's always and I think that's a lesson for entrepreneurs. You just, again, never know where the network's going to take you, the people you meet. And, the, and I'll tell you, they relationship that that got me to that event was somebody I had met over 10 years ago and hadn't really ever done much with up until the last few years. So you just never know when something's going to pan out. So there's more and more of that type of stuff happening in Misfit. On the grasp side, what's really exciting about what we're doing in the technology space is that we're bringing a lot of new technology in. We're bringing starting to bring AI into an industry that's actually a very antiquated industry. So it's it's really interesting to watch the changes that we're doing there. And we're also really finding some unique places to drive business that other competitors are not looking at. And so we are, you know, we do, we have some, we have a great sales force, we have a great sales system and how we do all that stuff. But we're, we're, we're working now and finding those little successes in the margins 
that are just making a huge difference, you know? And so it's allowing us to continue, you know, to grow at 50, 60% a year. And, and that's really exciting there. So, and then um, the last thing in, in, in the market side, the investing side is that, uh, you know, I think right now the markets are really hot, right? Everybody sees the stock market reaching new highs every day <laughs> and stuff. And so, you know, it's, um, it's watching people have their successes, but at the same time with the systems that we've created, you know, really start to understand it for themselves and take it on and be able to say, okay, look here, I'm going to make these moves now because the market's not going to stay up here forever and just have those breakthroughs where they're not just following anymore. They're now the ones teaching. They're now sharing it with the next generation and everything else in their lives. So, you know, those are a lot of the cool things that are happening across my businesses. So I love to ask the people who come on this show, who is it that you admire? Because I think entrepreneurs are observers, and I think we all have people who are in entrepreneurship where we go, oh, they're doing something cool. So who is it that you see? And it could be anybody from the dry cleaner on your block to Elon Musk or anything in between. Who do you think? They're crushing it. Does it, it needs to be somebody that's living? Uh, no, just, well, no, there's no rules. It's who do you admire? I mentioned... Um, although although I, dead people aren't doing cool things, but whatever. <laughs> But they did cool things, but I can't talk. <laughs> cool, about cool things entrepreneurs did. Well, the first thing, the first, the first thing that I do really admire is again, I mentioned I was a history buff, right? So I really love uh, studying the American Revolution and, and what it took to create the amazing country that we have now, and really give the power and flip the power to the individual. I mean, it had never been done at that point in in uh, history before, you know, and so. If you have a chance to go really read about the founders and what they went through and the, the sacrifices they made and the uh, integrity they had to not just create a monarchy after they had done it and really give the power to the individual and unleash that, you know, um, it's it's really just a, it, there's a lot of lessons and everything in there and there's some amazing successes in there. You know, things that are happening out there today, there are so many influencers, so many people doing amazing things. You guys see all this stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I really love Lewis Howe's story because I'm from Columbus, he's from Columbus and if you know his story, he was laying on a couch with a broken arm, you know, missed his football dream and actually I played football in college and would have played against uh, him if he was a few years older, he would have played against my team and stuff. So we kind of passing in the night. So it's kind of cool to see his story and where he's come now. And then there's a lot of the people, I mean, again, I run a show just like you. So there's so many amazing people that I meet that are out there crushing it in, in different ways. I just interviewed a, a, a woman out of the UK. Her name's Kavita Oberoi. And this, this girl, this, this lady, she, um, she came up in a very structured, uh, you know, uh, Asian family from India, arranged marriage, all that type of stuff. And she broke all the modes, broke all of the uh, stereotypes and ended up creating a multi-million dollar, a couple multi-million dollar businesses. She's rated as one of the top hundred entrepreneur women in the UK. She's been uh, effectively like knighted for entrepreneurship by the queen. I mean, it's just amazing to see what people can accomplish and do. And so there's, there's inspiration all around you. Um, and, you know, it's just as long as you're looking to willing to look for it. So the last thing I ask everybody who comes on the show is I think entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. You and I talked about it sort of in the pre-call when we were getting ready to start this recording that money's not the only, you know, level of success. And, and I like to ask people, you know, what do you do to give back? Because I think entrepreneurs want to do more than, than just cash it in. I think they want to leave a lasting mark on the world. So, so how do you serve the greater good? Well, I think it kind of comes with it, but part of 
part of the reason that uh, I really enjoy. I mean, I don't have to do misfit entrepreneur. I don't. I don't need to do any of that type of stuff. So, you know, I I could you know save myself some time and and that sort of thing, and probably make my life a little less hectic. You know, during that those that twelve hour block out of the day. But for me, that's one way to give back. It's a, it's a way to get great information out to people. It's a way to get you know the the best of the best that I can find to give their best, you know, out to the world and share it with them. So that's one way. Another way that I give back is obviously as an adoptive father, I'm actually on the board of the gift of adoption fund. And so, you know, we do a lot of work with that. We help families come together and that's probably one of the most joyous things that, you know, my wife and I get to do as part of that is, is to be able to help a family adopt their forever child, the per, you know, the kid that they've wanted so far and help them get that. A lot of times families don't have necessarily the, the, uh, the, the resources, but they have the love and they have the family environment, but they need help with that. So we help them get that. So, you know, that's a, that's something that brings a lot of joy um, in our lives. So my brother and his wife adopted two children. And, and I always said that those kids could have gone anywhere. You know, all the, all my kids and my other brother's kids, you know, they were all born into the family, but uh, you know, Eddie and Brian could have gone anywhere and it was, you know, a gift they ended up with all of us. So I, I totally get that and think that's awesome. Yeah, it's um, it, it is just it, it's any you know any parent will tell you it's just an amazing to be a parent whether it, however you get there but it's however it happens again going back to my philosophy no regrets it it happens exactly as it was supposed to in fact my daughter's story actually tells that we never should have have actually had her so we got you know it's a very serendipitous experience of how our our daughter came into our lives and I thank God for that every day. So Dave Lucas, thanks for being a guest on entrepreneur on cool things entrepreneurs do. If people are listening to this and they're like, this guy, he's got a he's got a teacher's soul. I gotta listen to his podcast. I gotta know more about his companies and his background. How in the world do people find you? The easiest way to find me is just go to misfitentrepreneur.com. You can link to everything from there. I'm on all the social media. So either as Dave Lucas or Misfit Entrepreneur, and that's Lucas, L-U-K-A-S. Um, but you can find me across all those channels, and it'd be awesome to connect with us. Anything I can ever do to, to help, just you know, send me a note. So shoot us a note to the site. I respond to everything personally when it comes through with my team. So um, be great to uh, see you listening to the show and part of Misfit Nation. Awesome. Well, again, Dave, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all of those. I mean, there was just so much information. And I know that the people who are out for a run or listening in their car or sitting with their headset on somewhere listening to this podcast, I know people walked away with inspiration. So thank you. Thank you for being part of the show today. And as I say every week, thanks to all of you who tuned in, because if it wasn't for the audience, why would we have a show? There wouldn't be one. So thank you for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at Cool Podcast, or you can follow us on Facebook, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. If you listen to this show on iTunes, do me a favor, jump over and leave a review. People tell me all the time, oh, I mean to leave that review. Well, if you mean to do it, go do it, uh, because that just makes my day a little brighter when there's a fresh review on the podcast. So we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Dave Lucas. I know this sounds impossible, but it's true. Uh, but in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.